everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. Today's hero is Tamara Lucid. Tamara is the author of Making the Ordinary Extraordinary, My Seven Years in a Cult Los Angeles with Manly Palmer Hall, producer of documentaries such as The Git, Viva Cuba Libre, Rapa's War, and The End of the Line, The Women of Standing Rock. She's also a musician and journalist. Super excited for y'all to hear this one. Now, please welcome to your head and heart, Tamara Lucid. <laughs> Hello? Hello. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. So good to talk to you. Uh, I can't see you, but I see your name, and it actually is super cool. I don't know if you've ever stared at your name for a long time, um, but <laughs> it's really cool looking. I didn't notice that before. Um, but hi, thank you so much for coming here. I know that you're super busy. Um, it's my pleasure. Yeah, um, I you sent me your book, and um, not only is the content the coolest content ever, and I definitely want to talk about that, but also your writing style is incredible it's like it reminds me of Raul Dahl or um like of his uh some of his weirder writings um and I don't know if you know too much about him or his his uh like adult books and stuff do you know no he has like I think he had a show in England for a while um um, kind of like a Twilight Zone sort of thing, but um, but he has all these like strange stories that are so good, um, and it's like one of my favorite styles of writing. And you write like that, so oh, wow, uh, that's so cool. You should, I'll send you something to look at later, or I'll send you like a link. Um, but it's just awesome. like, yeah, just uh, it's you know your book is is like that like uh it seems like fiction um it's too good to be true but uh I guess can you um can we talk a little bit about your book um absolutely and I guess like what, maybe you should know that this is a hero's podcast um and I think you know you're a hero for many reasons you're a musician author filmmaker um but it to me, all of the separate things that I've seen or that you put in your bio and stuff are are so big, such big stories. I can't believe they all um, came out of one person. So can we can we please start with your uh, book, um, Making the Ordinary Extraordinary? Yes. Cool. So, yeah. Tell me how how I guess it's like, how do you write a book? <laughs> how do you write a book? It well, <laughs> it happened like this. Yeah. <laughs> One of the characters, of course, in there who's not a character is an actual person is Arthur Johnson. And Arthur Johnson was a fantastic musician. And he um he was the only person from our days in PRS at PRS that stayed friends with us the only one and um he was a he was um a guitar player as well as a lute player and and a violin player and he 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 built our first real legitimate guitar not the one i got at the pawn shop (laughs) um 
but he played with Lena Horne and Tim Buckley and just cool. everybody extraordinary you could think of, Streisand, for God's sake, as well as he'd play on in little supper clubs on Ventura Boulevard. That's cool. And, you know, <laughs> we'd go and see him when he was doing those gigs and stuff. But he, um, he was also a poet and a writer himself. Now, he was he was transitioning and he called us up and he said, you know, Hey guys, this is what's happening with your uncle Norm now. And um, I'm going to tell you something and it's important. Um, And he told us a few things. And one of the things he said to me was girl, you had a unique perspective and job there at PRS and you've got to write it down and you've got to let people know what you experienced. So I had a friend who was dying saying, it's really important that you write this book. And the ironic thing about when I wrote it, I, I, the first time I wrote it, um, and I had it put in book form, I was ready to go. I, I was, I did it sort of as I was mad at Arthur. I was like, why, why would you put me through this? You know, <laughs> yeah. I watched you go through writing and, and you're saying, don't be like me and have stacks of writing and it d- never goes anywhere. And then you die and it's all gone. And I, I was, I was kind of mad at him. So I put all these barbs in there that were pointed right at Arthur going yeah. you know, through you for, for doing this to me. How could you? <laughs> yeah. And when I went to send it, it was the day he died. Oh my God. I was just like, damn it. And now I, I was also mad at him for that. I was like, how could you, how could you yeah. do this to me, Arthur? Yeah. Um, and of course I, I put a couple, you know, things about on that day, the experiences that I had um, sort of like Arthur giving me a nod from the other side going, yeah, I t- your uncle Norm told you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what started it. Also, it, it started also because um, there was that Arthur's side of it. Also, COVID hit and we had no place to go and nothing to do. Right. No one to even talk to. So we were sort of Okay, well, and we'd just been writing with um, Morris Hussein, who was the original um, director of the Doctor Who series. Oh, cool. For BBC. And he's a master storyteller. And so our chops were really high. (laughs) That's awesome. And and so we, we just said, you know what, let's let's just do this for real. Let's really write down this story. Yeah. Um, and that, that's how it came about. Plus, I got a bunch of um, women editors that just nannied me through this. Like that's you awesome. wouldn't believe they, they were so, um, you know, they really wanted me to write this book and they made no qualms about it. It's like, girl, you're writing this book. Yeah. So then that's kind of how it happened. That's amazing. I, it wasn't a plan. It was definitely not a plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess I, yeah, that just, um, I guess it's hard. I, I'm in the process right now of writing a record and we go in on Saturday and. Um, oh, that's so and, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's torture though. Like I, I, I guess it's really good timing to talk to you today. Cause it's good. just, I think people don't necessarily understand um when you put that much of yourself into something 
uh, it's not just, you're not just putting it there. And then once it's on the page, it like dissipates from your consciousness. It's like, it, it's one step of, it's one step, um, along the way, process. Yeah. It's just like, once you, um, start to fiddle with the past, you know, uh, it's just, it isn't clean. And, um, (laughs) and I can't imagine like, you know, the, I guess the content of your book writing about something about someone so special, um, from a perspective, but the story being, uh, having you in it, um, I just think is such a huge undertaking. Um, and that's, I think it's amazing that you did it. And so cool that you, um, had people helping you or whatever, but that, that you did it because, uh, you know, it doesn't get easy once you start opening up the past. It's a, (laughs) no, it, it was extremely painful because yeah, I realized that, you know, all this time later, I hadn't processed it really. Right. You know, it was, it was when we found out about his death, it was so after the fact. And then to find out, oh my God, I was right. He right. did kill him. Um, that was just like, shit. Yeah. Can oh. you talk a little bit about, um, cause I don't know that everyone here knows uh, Manly Holler. Can you talk about him a little bit? And then, um, yeah. Can you talk about him a little bit and then the process of from then to realizing you were right about the murder? Well, <laughs> if that's OK. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, let's see. Mr. Hall was, um, was born in like 1901. He was um, when, when I met him, he was in his 80s in the 1980s. Um, he was he was basically I would call him a philosopher. Okay. And um, he wrote this giant book called, most people call it the secret teachings of all ages, which is proper. Um, It's got a humongous title um, because I guess as a young man, he wanted to cover it all. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, but basically he collected all the esoteric information he could and put it into one giant book. And this book is still selling. Yeah. And people still love this book. A lot of us feel that it's, it's not the best book on occultism (laughs) um, because that's all he had. You know, he didn't have the, the, he didn't have Google. He didn't have the internet. Yeah. You know, couldn't find all the stuff, but what he collected was, it was priceless. Yeah. Um, and he had patrons that that encouraged, you know, th- th- there were, you know, oil heiresses and yeah. um, people, <laughs> so cool. all kinds of people that were like, you know what, Manly, we like what you do and we want you to be a philosopher. You know, this <laughs> town could use a philosopher. And he was like, oh, it's very nice. I'd like to be a philosopher. I don't know if his voice. Sell- no, his, sell- his voice was much more um, FDR and Barrymore. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. He's still even, you know, you can see him on on YouTube. And even when he was really, really um, up there in years, he still had this great voice. He also had great hair. (laughs) That's cool. Marie used to stand behind him um, and she'd fiddle with his hair and go, oh, and she you have to understand I'm imitating both of them now. Um, But um, Marie had this incredibly thick German accent. Cool. And um, she'd go, oh, 
when Papa lectures, I put rubbing alcohol on his hair so it curls up. I'm, I'm like, she's, you know, he's supposed to be this, you know, deep, you know, philosophical, philosophical dude. And, yeah. you know, it's all, all this occult knowledge and stuff. And yeah. There, there's mama bear curling Papa bear's hair, talking about using rubbing alcohol to make it even curlier, you know, <laughs> and, and then dismissing his whole career going, oh, it's just dusty old men with dusty old thoughts and, and dusty old books. He's a dust eater, you know. That's so <laughs> funny. What a funny what a um interesting perspective to have been able to see that dynamic. Um oh it's it, it was it was incredible. It was like it was more you know more like having grandparents. So Mr. Hall basically um he started the Philosophical Research Society um, it was a, a place where there was a library and a lecture hall and a small lecture room. And I mean, that library, it, if you like books, yeah, you would have just fallen in love. Everybody, the first, when you stepped through those doors and you saw that library, oh my God, it was magnificent. That's so cool. And then inside of um, Edith's office, his, his secretary's office, was a vault (laughs) and that vault contained things that the Getty now has. Oh, cool. Um, And um, magnificent manuscripts, um, beautiful art, just uh, for people who like that kind of stuff was a cat's meow. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. Please. So Mr. Hall basically, um, started this society. He, um, I think he always, he always relied on the kindness of strangers. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of strangers who were absolutely willing to give him money, donate to the society um, and uh, keep him afloat. And yeah. he basically gave lectures for about 50 years. Wow. And um, um sold books, wrote pamphlets, wrote articles, um, gave a lecture every Sunday for $1. Um, so and, cool. and had a little gift shop there. If, if you can see the PRS, you can still go there. I think it's COVID kind of shut it down a little bit, but you can always check and see if they're open. Yeah. I think they just reopened, um, like this week or last week, I think I saw. Yeah. So you know, that's it's so cool. Well, I think that that's a really important thing to imagine and think about is um, I think we forget, especially over the last two years where we became professional, like recluses, I feel like um, in a digital world that um, the value of having a place that has this type of information Mm-hmm. Um, a resource place, a yeah. resource place of cult and esoteric and all of these things that that's really special and really important. Um, and, uh, and there was, you know, just, I just, the listeners just remember that such things weren't available, um, at this mm-hmm. time and to be collecting and, um, archiving it is, is really, really, really special. Um, yeah. See, he was, he was traveling around after World War II, um, for instance. And of course, nobody at that point was really interested in alchemy or the occult at all. 
um, they were trying to rebuild their lives yeah. and recover from what they'd experienced. So books, you could buy, you know, a dozen for a dime right. kind of thing. And that's what he did. Um, so um, he got so many brilliant finds. Yeah, that's so cool. It's like when we're on tour in certain states that uh, believe all of this kind of stuff is witchcraft. All of those books are in a like alternate religion section and they're so cheap and we just buy them all. We're like, yes. Score. Oh, definitely go <laughs> go to the thrift stores. Because, yeah, that's um, all we do. We we don't like yeah. party or anything. We wake up early and go like thrifting and go to old yep. bookstores. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. That's yeah. what we did in Tacoma. We went to uh, um, there was a uh, Woody Guthrie thing at the the museum. So we went we made a beeline to the museum. Yeah, in Tacoma to see the the Woody Guthrie show. So that's that so was cool. fun. Wait, so did you? But you're from Los Angeles, but you lived in yeah. Washington. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, oh. I've only lived in LA. Oh, okay. So that picture with Larry and Patty is from here. No, that's that's in that's in uh, Tacoma. Okay, that's in, so that's you at the studio. We we just we booked. Well, we were gonna uh, play with uh, in Jack with Jack and Dino, but he got a gig, and then we ended up um, at Uptone. He recommended Uptone. Um, oh, okay. And and, okay. Um, boy, Sorry. Was that fun. No. Yeah. I forgot that people can go to other places aside from where they live, but <laughs> that's so cool that, you know, Larry and Patty, um, uh, aren't they wonderful? Yes, they are. That's so cool. Um, and, uh, I guess, well, I don't want to jump around too much, but, um, but I also do want to jump around too go much. Go ahead, but, jump. But yeah, so I guess, so at some point you recognized that someone was um, doing something bad and you were trying to protect him and then. No, he, that man didn't do a bad thing, okay. not a single bad thing. Okay. And I knew down to my DNA that this guy was up to no good. Okay. I just knew You it. just knew it. Wow. That's amazing. It was like, terrible. Yeah. You know, because. Mr. Hall, even, you know, I, maybe the second time I said, look, this guy is, I know this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um, first, it was a, a, when I saw him in, in the library and he was sitting there and it was just such a setup. It was yeah. so obvious he was putting on a damn performance. Yeah. It was that. Ugh. Do you believe that to just be your intuition or like a psychic or it was half and half because okay. look i i had a, a brother who um wow voices outside so uh -oh. exciting human <laughs> beings um, <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i had a brother who was um well let's call him a grandiose narcissist. It's easy. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, that's a kindness on my yeah, part. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that's a tough. That's yeah, a tough it's fun, huh? And extremely violent, extremely abusive and alcoholic and lots of fun. And he was even worse when he was on the program. So, um, oh, wow. but I knew when people were doing performance. Right. To manipulate. Right. Wow. That's interesting. 
That's, so that's I really had a, cool. a bit of a sense of that anyway. Now my intuition was screaming, this guy's a criminal. He's up to no good. Yeah. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Just yeah. no, 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 no. He was already manipulating Mr. And Mrs. Hall at that point. Wow. Um, he, he, he was just finagling his way in and, and, oh my God, it was just, and it was not, it was like watching a car accident happen right in front of you. There's not a damn thing you can do. Yeah. You can't stop it. Mr. Hall had said, you know, the second time I warned Mr. Hall and said, I'm telling you, this guy is bad news. He was like, do you have any proof? Right. And I, and I was like, no, yeah, I don't. And, and that's the horror. Um, you know, now, you know, in hindsight, there were so many different things I, I could have done. I could have just started I could have directly confronted Fritz and said, I know you're up to no good. I know you, I know you are, I know you are. And just, right. you know, blew his cover basically by just insinuating well, it. Yeah. But you know how those people are, is, yeah. uh, you know, they, you, you couldn't have done anything. He would find a way to do whatever. He yeah. Did. Yeah. That's, you're right. Yeah. See, um, You did the best you could do for sure. Um, but and I'm so sorry that that's crazy that, um, I always forget, but the line between maybe being psychic and um, or the line between actually being psychic and also having to have it come from like a narcissist or abusive situation where you just become so sensitive to any slight thing that no one else would the notice. Red flags. The yeah. Red and, flags. and you become psychic because you're, that's what it means. Is Absol- hyper it's survival. Awareness. Yeah. It's, it's a survival mechanism for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's so. Um, far out and there is there there is a certain degree of being psychic but you know for all the good it does you you know i can't tell you how many times that's happened in smaller you know things when i've 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 just i've got a ping and i i know something's gonna happen yeah i know something's bad yeah and if you say it it's even worse because yeah that's so shitty that you had to have that perspective of like, cause all of us want to trust our gut, like, yeah. and, you know, be aligned with our exactly. selves and everything, but to have the lesson that, um, that it's, it's, it's bad is not fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that that I mean, happened. it's, it's sort of like, okay, well now, you know, and you know what, you know, right. um, you're going to have to allow the universe and the world and the whole situation to play out. Um, you know, put your guard up keep your boundaries set yeah and allow them to do whatever they're going to do they're they're going to they're going to screw up yeah. they're going to make it obvious this is a weird thing about those personality types yeah is they do often so often um reveal what they're going to do reveal their bad behavior or, or intentions and yet people don't notice it yeah. And it, it's like, ye, ye, you guys aren't pay, paying attention, but those are red flags. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to see it when it's happening to you. I think, I think of like, course. I notice yeah. a lot of like psychics and mediums and healer types are, are like, you know, the worst at uh, healing themselves or noticing stuff when it relates to them, you know, it's a really that the blind spot yeah Yeah, exactly blind spot and also they're rattled and they don't know if they're taking in a perception or if they're reacting because of their sensitivity and to be able to separate the two and keep that balance 
is that's that's a fine art and it's yeah. difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. Yeah. So were there years in between when did you did you leave uh the PRS or what? I'm sorry. PRS? Yeah. Oh yeah, after I, I said he was gonna kill him. Yeah. Um, basically, um I I just I blew it so badly that last time I saw him that um it was like I had to go, you know. Yeah. And and I I couldn't. You know, I couldn't be there, you know, while Norman Bates is planning out his right. next execution. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, well, there's such a weight, uh, a heaviness to once yeah. you discover that something has like bad intentions. Yeah. Why would you stick around? Um, and then was there years in between that? Yeah, and, there, and, there are several, I think. Yeah. So I guess it was middle... 80s okay and then by 1990 we ronnie came home with a newspaper that said <laughs> guess what happened to mr hall oh my god and i was so funny because i was i was just fiddling around in the kitchen i went what was it fritz did he kill him and he went yeah oh my I was god like, oh god no i knew it shit you know it's it's still you know it it's set so heavy on the heart that it's it's like I don't think Mr. Hall would want that. It's sort of like, hey, Tanya, you you called the called it right. Good for you. Yeah. But you know, don't be sad about it. You know, it's everybody's got to go sometime. He'd be he'd be very um, he'd be really cool about it. He was always cool. You know. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. And so you were there for um, eight years or well, I'm seven sorry. years. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not i didn't bring anything with me uh to this room <laughs> your book is sitting where i think you brought the mothership with you as far yeah, as i can tell yeah 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 you just brought my backup but my backup yeah so that's so cool so that i mean what a amazing experience to have yeah because um, most of these people i think you know most of them weren't alive when we were alive or there was no access to them um right so it's an amazing that you got to be around someone like that. And I think there's a, you know, whatever anyone thinks there obviously is a certain power that makes someone um, be able to sustain a career like that for so long, just on um, people, on people's opinions and love and, you know, adoration. Um, And I think that's so cool. Um, I would love to know that energy, uh, what it felt like. Well, he was just such a genuinely nice person. And of course, his pleasure was reading all this information right. and telling it to other people. And this is how you can live a better life. Here's a mindset that helps. Here's, here's a practice that was, well, look at back here in history. This person did it and look at how well they did. You could do the same. Yeah. It can work that way for you. It can make it can make your life so much easier, so much better, and you can have so much more satisfaction. And and you know, having cultivating a, a, a beautiful mind, cultivating a beautiful approach to life, that that's a nice bit of information to give to people. Yeah, and- that's amazing. I mean, I didn't know that that was even. Uh, a, I didn't know you could. Like, what did you say? Cultivating what? 
How did you say that? Cultivating a beautiful life. Yeah. I didn't ever think about anything like that or the fact that um, there was powers of my mind or that I could even change my mind until recently. So that's, that's so cool. That's really your thought process. Yeah. World. Yeah. It's, it's now it's, it's a discipline. Yeah. It's to think of it as martial arts. Yeah. A martial arts form. Um, But you'll find at, or yoga, yoga is a great one. It's a a great teacher for, for an intelligent brain. Um, Just like martial arts. It, it, it has a lot to do with your thinking. And yeah. when you correct your thinking and you have, if you're using your brain, well, yeah. everything else will fall into place. Yeah. That I think um, that is a hundred percent true. And I think people are slowly starting to realize, which is crazy to me, but I think people are slowly starting to realize like their brain is in their body. Their brain affects their body. Like your mental oh, health course. is your health. And I think, um, I, it's, yeah, we went on that tour it, for just like our only tour in the last two years. And, um, first I was so scared, like, um, I was so, so, so scared. And I did the opposite of what you're supposed to do, which is I stopped meditating. I stopped, um, thinking positively. I got right. completely in like triggered fierce. Oh my God. I, Um, and I scolded you about being careful. out No, so sorry. No, I'm glad people did that. I was mad that not mad, but it it made me feel good that whenever anyone cares about COVID, it doesn't make me mad. I'll tell you that. Like anyone that is respectfully terrified of it is, is what I want to hear. Um, you didn't, it made me feel good that, um, that somebody was like, it's still real. Everyone's like, ah, it'll be fine. Or it's, you know, whatever (laughs) it's, it's, I, yeah, it's just, I, um, that was a lot of, I had, I've done a lot of, um, personal growth stuff over the last couple of years with this break. And, um, that some of those things weren't totally conducive to being on tour (laughs) in the middle of a (laughs) pandemic. So instead of fighting it with the things I had learned, like meditation and, um, Mm -hmm and and using my or stopping thoughts that weren't helpful you know and or just trying to be creative with how I think about stuff I did the opposite and it made me totally sick like oh yeah yeah it's just uh it's yeah your mind is um is a with a few things like yoga or meditation or things like that you you can keep yourself so much more healthy. It's I, I didn't really, it was the first time I had stopped my practices and I didn't realize mm-hmm. how quickly everything was going to come crumbling down. Um, but it, it only took two weeks for me to completely lose my mind without uh, positive thinking and, and meditation. Um, yeah, because you're, you're in a, so now you're on a sea of anxiety. Think of the psychic influence. Yeah. Think- um, the psychic influence as weather. Yeah. So you're going into a storm of anxiety yep. and angst and anger and paranoia. And you need a raincoat. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and that raincoat, that those boundaries that you set up through proper thinking, through proper breathing, through yeah. proper consciousness, that that's what it's there for. Yeah. Well, I was just like, I didn't realize. Yeah. I just, I didn't realize that 
it's not when you're doing it that's important it's mm-hmm. for all the other times so it's mm-hmm. like if you stop your practice before something hard it's it's just so it, i just didn't realize it it was like because before we left i was like i don't care anymore i can't control anything so i'll just you know and it's like no you can control some things you can control yourself like you can control your reaction yeah but i it it's interesting once you learn this stuff uh when it breaks or when you stop doing it, you're like geez like <laughs> get a grip but i guess um i want to talk to you about um you've made three movies yeah I, I, at least well okay sorry I, i'm not sure i just wrote down um three here but um i guess uh can you talk about how you got involved with the um, end of the line um, movie? That just seems like so amazing and so intense. Not that the other ones don't seem so amazing and so intense, <laughs> but um, that just uh, is so important. Um, uh, can you talk about how you got into that? I, I well, I noticed Shannon Crane, the director, and I noticed her online and um, I saw what she was doing, that she was, she was, I'm going there. I'm going to film this. I think it's important. And I was, I agreed. I, th- I thought it was intensely important. And so I, I just contacted her online and said, hi, mm-hmm. um, I want to help. Can I do anything? Yeah. And um I, I always viewed myself, I'm called like a producer and really well, it's not the, the uh, classic idea of um, the rich guy that comes in and throws money at a film and goes, make the movie, give Miss <laughs> Taylor a billion dollars. Look at those eyes. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I like Rex Harrison better than Burton and she should too. Um <laughs> But I consider my function as a producer, as the world's greatest enabler. Cool. That's so awesome. I was like, Shannon, <laughs> tell me what I can do to help. Yeah. She's like, get the word out. Um, I was like, should I, I come out there? And she was like, no. Um, and at this point, we were, I, I think I was also in contact with Linda Black Elk, who is an incredible woman. And um they were there and they were, they were saying, look, um, there's the media, we're getting blocked here. Yeah. So if you can get communications going, um, do that, stay there, keep the communication lines open, um, help us keep into contact with you and with all our other people elsewhere and just do that. So that's how I started with that film. Wow. And um, basically enabled Shannon in whatever she needed at the time helped her set up things, you know, like money resources and stuff like that, or try this person. They might be good for getting money um, or getting the word out or, or maybe help in in the industry. So I, I have no problem just contacting anybody. Oh, real. That's the thing I am the worst at. 
Yeah, I'll just walk up and hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an idea. Would you like to know about it? <laughs> That's so cool. Congratulations. That's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful uh, character trait. <laughs> it, it's it now. It's much easier for me to do that online because right. it's simply a little note. Right. It's just like, hello, my name's Tamara. Uh, can I talk to you for a minute? Would you mind? And yeah. They can always say no. Right. And but I, I've found that most of them are like, okay. Yeah. What have you got? I've got yeah. this. Oh, I like that. That's what I thought you'd say. That's why I wanted to tell you. That's that's all it is. It's just basically, you know, it's almost right. like working the, the old fashioned um telephone board. Right. Where yeah. You see totally. them plugging in all the all the, the wires. Yeah. I, um, that's so cool. Yeah. That no, I mean you gotta do that to get something started. You have to tell somebody. Um yeah. And, but it takes guts. That's so cool. Um, and so that did that start. So that started filming um, during that, like that protest time, or was it? Yeah. Were they already filming before that? No, she she as soon as they started, as soon as they everybody said, uh, we got to stop this. It was. Just, yeah. Just the ladies, the ladies got together and she was. She, she had been her work with indigenous people yeah. is incredible. Um, she is a fantastic woman and she she should be celebrated. That's a hero. Yeah. Um, Linda Black Elk, okay. that's a hero. Cool. Um, they, these are amazing women. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, um, no, I I I mean I not like the most amount of respect to them obviously but um also just knowing when to document something i think is amazing mm -hmm. um, that's yeah and that was shannon's specialty she really yeah. she had been um for some reason this girl these elders from all these different tribes just loved her and were willing to spend their last days with her and let her archive what they wanted to leave to the world. So cool. And they, they just trusted her. And she was, um, I, there's just something about the woman. I, I don't know what it is, but that's cool. A beauty about her, about her soul that people respond to. That's amazing. Um, that's super cool. I recommend uh, everybody look into it. Um, yeah, the uh, end of the line, the women of Standing Rock. Yeah, it's just uh, incredible. Um, and and what you're saying is that I, people refuse to accept the reality of um, that situation and the indigenous situation it's, for some reason. I think it will take like a film or, you know, I don't know what it'll take, but uh, watch this. Um, Cause yeah, it's just, people don't, they're just blind to it for some reason. I don't know why it's, it's, it's very difficult, um, for, um, to be an American and to see what has been done to the indigenous people of this country is mortifying. And I think it is so overwhelming that a lot of people are just like, I can't. Right. It's I too guess, much. Yeah. I just don't see like um, 
I think it should fill your heart with compassion and make you want to celebrate them and learn everything from them because they lived on this land and were like harmonious with it. And, (laughs) you know, like that should be what we should all want. I aspire to. Yeah. As I just don't understand how there's any, like, I get the shame and everything else, but there's that should have reverence and appreciation um, instead of feeling it. Why don't you transmute the feeling of shame into an activity that is, is contributing to the betterment. Yeah. You know, and I guess you guys, you did that. Um, and that's so cool. And, um, remember I just enabled, (laughs) (laughs) well, you did a good job. That's so cool. And I guess I wanted to ask you also about, um, your the the gits movie yeah um uh can you talk about how about how you got involved with that uh, um too please <laughs> um I, you know i actually don't really remember i might have okay. seen it online i might have seen it online um the director and um the producer and she, um they were a couple and they'd been working on this film and working on this film and they could never quite get it done. Yeah. And I think they, they wanted, I think we were, we were talking. I, I was like, this is, this is a really good film. I'm, I'm, I can really. Can considering... you, sorry, just briefly describe what it's about. So everyone this knows. is a film about Mia Zapata who was the singer, lead singer of a band called The Gits. The Gits were about to, um, they'd just gotten their big break. They'd just gotten signed. They were, um, they formed, I believe in Kansas. And then they moved to Seattle. And- um, I think they said Ohio on the internet. Really? Not that, I don't know if that's true. It might be Ohio, I don't know. It but they all went to college yeah. together. Cool. And um, they relocated to Seattle and um, they had um, formed this band and she was walking home one night and she um, was murdered. And they didn't know who killed this woman. And... Um, this was right when DNA testing and stuff was happening. It took a while. They did finally catch the guy. Yeah. But um, her murder not only was devastating because um, she was such an incredibly lovely person. Um, really beautiful singer, just an amazing singer. Yeah. And, um, but what it did to the scene was so tragic because Nobody knew who did it. Right. And wow. it, was a, it was a mystery and everybody was suspicious of everybody. Oh my God. And it put such, it cast such a darkness on a scene that was so. Um, right. I didn't even wonderful. think about that. Yeah. yeah. That's what so intense, like, um, and so dramatic. Um, yeah. So did you, cause I noticed that the film came out, sorry, I totally just <laughs> looked on Wikipedia at this. Cause I was like, wait a second, that's really intense to work on something that was um, unsolved, but I guess it did get solved. Yes. Um, yes. But just within a year of when the movie was like, d- does the movie have the. Yes. 
Okay, so, but um, I'm sorry that my words are not coming out in the right order, but I guess it's like, did they know when they started the movie? I mean, they didn't know when they started the movie that they would find out who did it. Yeah, the, the, I think that did happen. And that was a funny thing. The movie kept, they kept stalling. They just wanted to make it about Mia. Yeah. And then, um, then this happened. So that, there is film from the trial. Wow. And um, what an see. amazing turn of events for a documentarian, you know. Exactly, to, exactly. Imagine you know. if they put the movie out a year before, that would be right. such a bum out. So that's, but, that's one of those things where even though it's being stalled and you want to complete your work, it was fate would have it. That right. The ending of your film isn't hasn't happened yet. You're going right. to have to wait it out. So, yeah, as a person that works with both or works a lot in nonfiction and documentary stuff, like, would you say just keep the camera rolling or just trust your gut? Like, what would you say? Because, uh, you know, like, it's so hard to get something working or get something started like your book. Um, but then you do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Will you talk about um motivation and inspiration and getting stuff done? Well, because <laughs> I need help. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay. No. Let me refocus. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> you have to follow something that you're passionate about. That's yeah. Okay. It's gotta be something you love. Yeah. That's, that's what made Mr. Hall work all those years. Right. He loved reading those books. Yeah. He loved translating it and explaining it to people. Yeah. So it's definitely got to be something that you feel strongly towards. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you have to be willing then to also work very hard. Yeah, um, that's the part that stinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about the book, the first writing of, of, um, making the ordinary was I was not I laughed my ass off that was the yeah. first first run yeah second run I cried almost Aww. every chapter ended yeah. in tears then it was just damn it I'm gonna write the hell out of this thing yeah um so it sounds like you know, the cycles of grief or not the cycles what is it the stages of grief <laughs> yeah seven stages those, those are seven stages I probably went through that yeah, well, um, Patty said that too about her book and her and her movie is that you don't realize like and I guess this is what you're we talking about at the beginning, but it's like going through your past, whether or not you're totally at a better place or worse place or whatever, it still is so intense. You're reliving um, it. You yeah. are re-experiencing what you went through because you want to dig in there and go, now what exactly was I seeing? And now I'm going to have to really sit down and remember it. Yeah. And well, one of the beautiful things about um, distance and time is that way I don't have to remember the pain. Uh, but guess what? You're yeah. going to have to remember the pain. To yeah, explain. totally. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And you've got to, you got to put on your big girl pants. Yeah, for go, sure. Okay. This hurts. So how am I going to best describe it? I right. went through that all the time writing songs. Right. Um, you know, now one of the beauties of the freestyle was that 
you know, at least when I did the freestyle songs, I wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a consciousness going, I'm going to sing about when I almost died um, or this breakup or this loss or this tragedy. I just, I was singing and I was reacting to the music. Right. And the words were just there. Yeah. Now I could go back and it was almost like I was in an altered state. Yeah. So now I go back and look at the songs and go, whoa, look at that. <laughs> wow. But when you are doing it consciously, when you're doing a, a song consciously about say a death, yeah. um, that's, that's different. You're, you're going to have to dig deep. I mean, even something as simple. Um, I wrote a song about Hollywood lawn and I, I was, I was, cool. I was like, <laughs> I was looking, I have a picture that she gave, gave to us with a, a little, a red lipstick kiss on it. Oh, cool. And um, I was like, and she just died. And I was like, I was like talking to her and I was like, Holly, Holly, I, I got to write this song for you. I got, I got bits and pieces, but how do I start it? Yeah. You know, what's it like where, where you are? And she's, she, I heard her voice. It always starts with, oh, honey. That's, yeah. That was the tag oh honey it's like every song you can imagine and I was like that was Holly and she gave me the first line of the song yeah that's that's how her song starts it's like every song you can imagine that's so cool when you run to the horizon oh wow that's so cool I I was like I got it I'll take it from here girl thank you yeah yeah that's that's so cool that you say that it makes me feel so good is that um that's what I'm doing right now is like, um, I kind of describe it as like, um, fishing poles out of my head for each song. So I have 12 fishing poles. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for guidance. And like, I don't, um, you're a writer, you're a singer, you're, (laughs) you're, this is the act of Venus um, or Apollo. Um, this is your birthright as a creative human being and the world and the universe is made up of frequencies of tones of sounds. Guess what? It's all music. It's the music of the spheres. There are songs out there that haven't been written and it's up to you to just reach out and grab one. Uh, Yeah. It's I'm trying really hard. It's a, it's a really, I feel. I would almost tell you just, by that statement, stop yeah. trying so hard. They will come to you. Yeah, well, that's that what I like mean. Fishing. <laughs> yeah, I. That's the thing is like it's, um, it's so. I, well, what my process or whatever I guess is that I spend like a month, um, not listening to music, not really doing anything, um, just kind of like things like this that I, I'll be like, I know we should do this interview. Like I feel it, you know, just like taking right. really getting down to like what's in intuitive and what do I need? Um, but Clearing your decks, making yeah, and just open. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it takes a lot of trust to just know that it's going to come before I need mm-hmm. it. Um, but it's always like, now that it's getting down to the wire, I'm like, ah, maybe I should have done more of the pen to paper. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not worried, but it's just funny. It's, it's interesting to talk to someone that does that same thing of just like calling on something inside of them because people don't really write that way to my knowledge with music that most people listen to stuff to get inspired but I 
you know, like you said, like going to something inside of you to be inspired is a, is cool, but it's definitely, um, can be scary when you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. you're a few days out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. But it's still, and also, you know, remember it's playing music. It should be play. It should be fun. Um, it Thanks. should put some degree of joy Thanks for saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. There should be some joy. Yeah. Well, yeah. can I tell you the concept of this record? Of See, course. <laughs> it's uh, kind of as funny as um, basically I realized oh, we we all went to not Larry, but the rest of us went to this wonderful healer lady, Laura, that's been on this um, podcast before, and she was describing uh, a past life I had where I was um, a jazz singer. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Like I went to oh, jazz. Oh, I could see that. So yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh I my went, God. Yeah. I went to jazz school. Like I studied jazz and all this stuff. And I was like, is that why I've been doing this? And then I realized like, if there's something in my, that's, you know, my eternal light being or whatever I am eternally, um, so, something carries on throughout every yeah. lifetime. And I was like, oh, I should write a record for myself for my next lifetime. So I don't have to learn all the same lessons, like over like a million years, I could just listen to like one record and learn all the lessons. So I'm trying to make a record for my future self. <laughs> um, so it's I love like, that. Yeah, I'm like, what do I need to know? Like, what do I need to know now? What did I need to know before? But I was like, oh, if I knew who yeah, if I knew who that jazz singer was, I could listen to my own record. That'd be so cool. Or if you were like, you know, if you were whatever you, if you were like a clothing maker a uh, hundred years ago, you could wear the clothes you made. It just seems so cool to like leave something now for later. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do. But it's like, it's pretty mind blowing. Um, I think it sounds fun. <laughs> see, that's, there's fun. I mean, that's, the beauty of that, the inspiration of the, the concept of a past life, the concept yeah. of, of, well, what would I tell my future self? Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. I mean, oh, that's an thanks. extraordinary thing. Yeah. Um, well, I never really, I kind of can tell moments where I guided myself in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know what that means, but uh but I'm trying to do that. Keep, keep it going. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. The only thing I can't figure out is how to make sure that whichever um, body I have will find this record. Like, yeah, there's, uh, there's the difficulty, huh? Yeah. But I've, I know I'll find what that answer is too. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you had to hide something um, for your future embodiment, what do you think you would what do you think you would hide to know that it was meant for you? Do you know what I mean? It'd probably be a little image of a little cat. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> all, all it takes is a cat. I'll remember. That's so funny. That's how I am with dogs. That's so yeah, funny. Yes, Diana. Um, Artemis What's of the Hounds. Uh, oh, Diana, cool. Art Diana is, is the Roman Artemis of the Hounds. Um, of the hunt. Um, cool. Yeah. Perfect. That's me. Yeah. That's so cool. 
that go is, go look up go look up Artemis. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down now. I never thought about that. Thank you for. But you look like Artemis. I mean, it's just you know. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's it's so cool. Perfect. That's so cool. So you're so so you're really lucky. I've a cat is like something that you can see daily. Yep. You, uh, do you have cats? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. I've I've never been without a cat. Oh, cool. My, my entire life. In fact, fact, like um, my baby pictures, one of my first baby pictures is a, you can see my face behind it, just my face. And it's this giant white Persian cat. Um, That's who so was cool. Apparently the thug of the neighborhood, our Persian Whoa. cat, Sam, <laughs> Sam. I, and I do know his name. In fact, one of the weird quirks of my brain yeah. um, is that I will remember the name of people's dogs yeah. and cats or birds, yeah. um, but I will forget theirs. Yeah. So I, I knew a lady in um, an apartment for 10 years. Do I know her name? I have no idea what <laughs> yeah. her name is, but Simon, her badger hound or dox hound, if you prefer, I prefer yeah. badger hound because I think it's respectful. Okay. Um. <laughs> I, I loved Simon. He was great. Um, yeah. what, what's your favorite breed of dog? I'm just curious if there is one. Um, I mean, well, that's the thing about getting older is like, I wish, I wish I were into some like scary goth dog or something, but I really oh. like doodles. Like I like every kind of poodle mix. I think that they're the best. I thing. love standard poodles. Really? <laughs> oh my God. Black standard poodles are yeah. like the most elegant dog. Have you ever seen Bunny? No. What about Bunny? No. Oh, you've got to look up Bunny. Okay. Bunny is a combination poodle and um, sheep dog. Okay. Bunny well, can talk. That's English. I know. What, oh, I love those dogs. They're yeah. so cute. Poodles are brilliant. In fact, I, I saw a man on YouTube who said if you, um, he was walking his three pit bulls, uh-huh. which I happen to love pit bulls too. I'm terrified of them and I love them. Yeah. Um, he had three pit bulls and a toy poodle. And he said, if you ever want a real watchdog, get a toy poodle. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. They are ferocious. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Like the one from... There was that one that was like in Silence of the Lambs and Batman Returns, that same one. I can't remember her name, but do you know that white dog? That yeah. Was, yeah, that dog. That's so funny. She's a, she's a poodle, a mini poodle. But yeah, They're so great. I love Although dogs. My new my new um, obsession is um, uh, uh, Brussels Griffons, the small ones. Oh, yeah. They are, are so, so cute. cute. Yeah. <laughs> They're popping off right now, too. I feel like I've been seeing them more and more. Or maybe it's just more and more people have dogs because of uh, COVID. COVID, yeah. Um, Everybody got a dog. Yeah. Any companionship, my God. Yeah. How many cats do you have? Uh, Four. Ooh, are they friends? They're siblings. Oh, really? Mother and siblings. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Are they, do they stay awake at night? If they're given a chance, okay. I, I shut the door. Okay. <laughs> because yeah, unfortunately I don't have the handles that are, that are manipulable. Although okay. um, <laughs> mommy knows how to grab a handle and shake the shit out of it. If she wants in. Oh so. yeah. 
I don't, yeah, I only know kind of naughty cats, so I can't imagine living with, um, or like, oh. I, I'm, I only know naughty cats, I'll say. My experience living with cats has just been very naughty ones that you can't leave <laughs> anything out or they will push it to the ground while staring at you. You know, that thing like just pushing it until- it's Part of their charm. Yeah, I mean, I love it, but yeah. Um, but that's so cool. Well, um, what are you- what are you working on now? Or what are you excited about now? Well, let's see. <laughs> well, apparently um, this publishing, this publisher just thinks that Ronnie and I are great and thinks we're, we're authors. Yeah. So we're working on, this is, uh, we're working on book number four. Wow. Because um, we had a lot of writing and we've just been kind of, saying well if we have to be locked down we'll we'll do the writing and then the publisher got involved and they're like yeah let's do that book too okay let's do that one too okay right how about how about another one you got That's a name so or cool. do we you know it's like yeah 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 so it's 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 like all right the the writing door just opened up real wide so yeah we'll do, we'll do that for sure yeah how do you work together like how do you do you take separate parts of it or do you, how do you do that? I, we both, you know. <laughs> you we, don't have to answer it if you don't want well, to. Well, it, 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 well, we just, we work on each other's stuff. Oh, you okay. could say that better or don't say it like that. Yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> okay. or, hey, you know what? You know what I just found out? Okay, we got to change that whole chapter. Okay. All right, let's work on that. So it's it's very That's much so together. Cool. It's the same as songwriting. It's like it's yeah. Like, let's do this. Okay. That's um, so cool. So it's 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 definitely both of us. Yeah. Um, you can always tell the difference between the two of us. The, the, we write so differently because mine yeah. is much like like um, ordinary, extraordinary. I, I'm more conversational. I try to throw a lot of humor in there. Um, yeah. That whole book was, I always felt like I told little snippets about knowing Mr. Hall. And one of the things that I, I conceptualized when I was writing the book was I want this to be the whole story. Like I'm telling it to somebody in my kitchen. Yeah. At a party. Yeah. But I won't cool. like pin anybody down for the, the four hour story and all yeah. the details. I'll do it all in this one little book. And that way I don't have to tell the story again at a cocktail party and in parts, you know? Yeah, it's totally. Like, Sorry. I'm making you do an interview about it. No, not at, no, you're, di it's different. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's so cool. And I think, um, yeah, as I didn't, grow up with the idea that um a vulnerability or self-improvement it just wasn't nobody talked about that it wasn't oh, like right. that it just didn't yeah. exist and so um I guess yeah. for me I just found out about all this um in the last couple of years um like causative thought and all of this stuff from you know Mitch Horowitz yes yeah that's like I read um something about him I think or I listened to him on a podcast and it completely changed my life I had no idea that you could use your brain 
in in a, a specific way. Honestly, I had no mm-hmm. idea. I had no idea that what manifestation was. I had no idea mm-hmm. that um, there was power in that you had power, you know, just all of these things. So I think it's so cool that you have this book um, of a pioneer um, and your experience. And it's funny and it's fun to read. Um, and I want everyone to go read it. Um, and I appreciate you sending me one, but I definitely would have bought one either way. Um, Aww, that's okay. But yeah, and it's so it's, and it, I really like the cover too. It's like really cool. I love the graphics department. I yeah, had no so idea good. what the, the title was not the title I came up with. Okay. And, and the cover was not the cover I imagined. That's really cool. I, when I saw that cover, I literally laughed for like almost a half an hour. I was like, oh my God, what would Mr. Hall say? Right. Yeah. Where did they get those pictures? And I was, I was just laughing my ass off. Yeah. And I went, I went, Ronnie, Ronnie, look, doesn't this look like Live at the Fillmore West, one night only, <laughs> Manly P. Hall with DJ Buddha in the house and opening act hallucination. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I wished I'd had these, that graphics department when we were a band so that we could, when we were doing the posters and stuff, because that would have been fantastic. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. And then the name, I, I wanted the name Cassandra for the book because uh-huh. of the story of Cassandra and no, they were like, nah, let's, <laughs> let's go with this one. Yeah. It's like, well, you guys, you're the publishers. I, I really don't know. Yeah, um, totally. Sometimes it's, that's cool to hear that. Cause sometimes you got to just let go even you yeah, know, or no one to let go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was so fun. And plus I had the most divine pleasure of um, my dear friend, Danny Goldberg, to get Danny Goldberg a recording contract for the audiobook was absolutely a highlight of my life. I oh, was like, cool. Danny, I got you to sign a recording contract. What do you think of that, dude? That's <laughs> okay, cool. Tamara. <laughs> did he already do it? Yes, we've done we did the audiobook, but it's it's um they're, they've got all kinds of technical difficulties. Yeah, and well, it's coming what's out the process soon. for that? Does does he do like a chapter at a time or how does that work? He, he read his, his um, forward, his introduction. Okay. And then I read I read the book. Oh, you read the book. Whoa. Yeah, I read the book. How did you do that? Jeez, that's because uh, I want to do that. But I'm like, how does how do you do that? <laughs> it's well, first of all, we we did it at home. Okay. And, um, oh my goodness. LA, LA is one loud ass city. Right. Yeah. What. And I had a very sensitive microphone and it's so different from singing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you they can't, you're not hiding behind anything. Yeah. And now add dyslexia. It's, oh, no. It was just great. So I, I had to, um, I had to process um, uh, recovered memories of what started the dyslexia and stuff. So, oh wow, yeah, that that was a thrill. Um, that took yeah. three days to get past, and then it was Aww. like, all right, I'm gonna have to. You know what? This is a childhood trauma. We're gonna have to process it. I need to get this done. 
I yeah. can't let this stand in my way. Yeah. So I had to that's deal with incredible. that. incredible. Congratulations. That's so cool. Thank you. Um, that I, I think I'm going to buy it and listen to it. Your voice is so cool. Oh um, my God. <laughs> I, I, I really, it's so pretty. Um, oh my it's God. So special. Thank you. But uh, it's cool. Well, and so when does that come out? The audio? I think it's within a month now. Cool. So it should Congratulations. be. Congratulations. That's so Thank exciting. <laughs> um, and when did this book come out? Like a month ago? I, yeah, December. It was in the teens. Well, you have been all like you've done so well. Congratulations. I've seen it like everywhere. I've seen it so many places and from other um, people that aren't, <laughs> you know, that aren't uh, attached to our small world. Um, I really know. Cool. It's um, like, like so, you get reviews from people who are like, I used to go to PRS and it's so nice to hear about Mr. Hall and that you know, really what I wanted. Yeah. Um, is I wanted people to know what he was like. That's so cool. Well, you, you did a really great job. Thank you so much for oh, doing it. Thank you. Um, is there anything, where can people find that and where can people find you? Let's see. Uh, Linktree. Okay. Is, is where, a yeah. good place is to go to your like Instagram, would you say? Uh, well, there's Instagram, of course. Um, or just like your link tree is your name tree Tamara lucid you know and uh, okay Tamara lucid Tamara lucid there she is <laughs> cool okay. and and all the links to buy the mm -hmm. books are there yes cool well thank you so much for coming on here um it's been so much fun to talk to you oh i love talking um, to you bonnie yeah and um Thank you so much for everything. I hope I get to talk to you again soon or see you soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I okay. love that. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay.